when Margaret read to us earlier from Galatians, and she got to the part that says, the acts of the sinful nature are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery, and I'm sure a lot of you, like me, were sitting there thinking, wow, none of that applies to me, I'm really good. Then she comes down to the part that says, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, blah, blah, blah. So I thought I would get you to do something tonight. You thought you were just going to come and sit and listen tonight, but uh, I thought otherwise. I've got some pieces of paper here. If you take one and pass it along, and I believe there might be pens in the pew, if you can grab yourself one, or you may have a pen with you, or someone might be able to lend you one. This is just an MOT test, a spiritual MOT. You don't have to take it too seriously if you don't want to. Don't beat up yourself about it. But on that sheet of paper, we have the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now, one by one, we're going to address them all. And I want you to put a star or an X or a tick, anything in the box that you feel, you know, a sort of, those are the qualities you possess. Give yourselves some marks out of 10 or whatever you want to do. Let's just see where we are, how the fruit of the Spirit is manifested in us, whether we are happy with ourselves. We know we are all work in progress. But the first one is love. How good are we at loving unconditionally? How many of us say, oh, I don't like so-and-so. How oh, I just can't stand so-and-so. Are you compelled to love? Are you tolerable of others? How good are we at uh, going out of our way to help someone that's not very lovable? How good are we at loving those who have hurt us? What sort of mark out of 10 would you give yourself for the fruit of the Spirit? Where love is concerned. The next one is joy. How good are we at expressing joy? How joyful are we? Are we good at being joyful in the midst of difficulties? Are we irritable? Do we get irritated a lot? Are we good at complaining? Or are we better at complaining than celebrating? Do you complain a lot? Do we complain a lot? Would we rather celebrate? Would we rather grumble or moan? When last have you had a good laugh at anything and everything? When was the last time joy bubbled up inside and the fruit of the spirit of joy was evidence in our lives? What about peace? How good are you at resting in God? 
how good are you at getting worried or how, how worried do you get and anxious about life? Things that are happening, things you hear in the news. Do you get all worked up and anxious and thinking, how am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? How good are we with peace? Are we more likely to be content with things or discontented? Let's think about patience. Now, there's a tricky one. What about giving way on roads? How good are we at waiting at traffic lights? What's our patient tolerance levels? How good are we? How do we react when we don't get our own way? How good are we at being tolerant of people who do not move at our own pace. You know, people who seem slow. Oh, come on. How good are we at patience? Do we get impatient about everything or anything? Do we wait on the Lord? Kindness. How good are we at being kind? Helping people, even when we're busy, putting aside some of the things that we have, we think are priorities, but putting them aside to be kind to others. Are we too busy? Goodness. Are we better than giving? Better in giving than receiving? How much do we give away? Do we invite people around for dinner because we know they're going to invite us back at the later stage? How hospitable are we? Do we want to give more? Do we have a heart to share all that we have? Do we have a desire to do more for God, to give more of our time, of our finances, of, of all that we have? How good are we at goodness I suppose by now quite a few have got gold stars. Faithfulness. What about faithfulness? How good are we at trusting and depending on God? Being dependent. How, how good are we at giving our word and keeping it no matter what? Do we give up easily when things get rough? How good are we at being faithful, keeping our promise, no matter what the consequences? What about gentleness? How good are we at being gentle? Do we get angry and just sometimes have to get back at others? We have to hurt them just to make ourselves feel better inside. Or we have to do something to hurt someone you know, so we feel, we feel a bit better. Are we gentle? Gentleness, is that a part of the fruit that's evident in our lives? What about self-control? <laughs> this is a good one, isn't it? How many of us know we've got bad habits that we need to change? We know we shouldn't be doing them. 
but we just can't be bothered to deal with it because it's too hard, takes us out of our comfort zone. How good are we at self-control? That's just a few things I've touched on. I mean, we, we don't have time to go into every, everything that uh, these qualities that makes up the fruit of the Spirit consists of. But how well do you think you did? So now that you've done that, just pass it to the next person. Oh, never mind. Don't worry about that. No, no, no. I wouldn't put you through that. Anyway, we have to be taking a look tonight at the Holy Spirit. What does the Holy Spirit do in our lives? Just something for you to take away. You can take those pieces of paper away and, and later on in the week, you can refer back to them. Just a constant MOT test. Where am I? You know, we may not be guilty of the big sins. We may not be guilty of idolatry and witchcraft. But it's the little things, the things that actually demonstrate that the Holy Spirit dwells in us, lives in us. We are filled with the Spirit because this is how it's evidenced and manifested and love, and joy, and peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. When I did this test early in the week, I had to say, thank God you're not finished with me yet, because I was way down at the bottom of the, you know, I was, uh, I was just at the bottom, and I know God is working. We are a work in progress. We are being transformed. We are being changed. And one of the things I want to, you to think about tonight, something to plant a thought in your mind, about the Holy Spirit. When, when Jesus left his disciples, he said, I will send the comforter, someone who will help you. How does the Holy Spirit help us? First of all, it gives us life, changes us. The Holy Spirit changes us. Holy Spirit brings about change. Now, I've spoken to a lot of people over the years, and, and for many years I've heard people not really accepting who the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity, and I'm sure you know that. It's not an it, and it's not non-existent. The Holy Spirit is part of the Trinity. And with the Holy Spirit in our lives, brings about change. When we allow him to work in our lives, he makes us more like Christ. You know, religious people, I find, cannot handle change. They find it difficult. I've told you this, this story before. I'll tell you again. A man who had been married for 10 years went to see a marriage guidance counselor and said, when I was first married, I was happy. I got home from a hard day's work. My wife brought me my slippers and my dog ran, ran around me and barked. 
but after 10 years of marriage, things have changed. I get home from work. My dog brings me my slippers and my wife runs around and barks. And the counselor says, well, I don't really know what you're complaining about. You're getting the same service. And you know, sometimes we could, we could remain in the doldrum and we can just uh, praise and worship God in the same way we always have, without listening to his voice, without willing to change, without his pouring out his, you know, himself into us. We're getting the same service. If we reject the Holy Spirit, we're losing out on a lot. The Holy Spirit helps us to fight sin, gives us power over sin. Spirit convicts us and leads us into righteousness. You know, before Jesus Christ came, before the Holy Spirit was here, was sent to help us, the people, the children of Israel, the Israelites, found it very difficult to keep God's law. That's why Jesus came. That's why God sent Jesus. They just could not keep the Ten Commandments. No matter how hard they tried, if you read the Old Testament, the history of the chosen people of God, you will see that they struggled to keep the law. They were always falling short of what God required of them to reflect his character. And he sent Jesus. And what the law was powerless to do, Paul tells us in the scriptures, God did through Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit who now lives in us. Jesus said, I will go to my, back to my Father, but I will send you the Holy Spirit. You know, some, some couple of years ago, I've been really praying a lot and asking God to change me. And you know, whenever we ask God for things like that, he works. And he does answer prayer. And as I said a few years ago, I, I was really seeking the Lord and I said, change me, Lord. I don't want to be the same old person I, I was. I, just want, I don't want to be a mediocre Christian. I want to be an excellent Christian. Whatever it takes, whatever you have to do, mold me and, and make me, no matter how many times I have to be broken, but I would rather live an excellent Christian life, giving everything I have. And a few years ago, I remember w walking through the supermarket, and you know, uh, you know, you're going, and, and everything has changed, isn't it? You go in, and one week you're familiar with everything, where where everything is. But anyway, I went in one morning to do my shopping, off with your trolley. And as you walk down the aisles, you know, you pick up the things you think you need. Because you make a brilliant list before you go in. And you get to the supermarket and you realize you left it on the table. So you've got to try and think back now of the things that you were going to get. And I was walking along and in the process I picked up an item, put it in my trolley. 
Then about three hours later on, I looked and I thought, oh, maybe I don't need this. So I took it out of the trolley and put it back. I just put it on the shelf, as you do. You know, so there was a box of cornflakes all mixed up with the soap powders. And I merrily continued along. And all of a sudden, it was like a voice saying to me, go and put that back. And it, it sort of really hit me because it had never happened before. And I thought, nah, that's what they pay the employees to do. And I continued shopping and down two more aisles, I can hear the same voice say, go and put it back. And I stood and I thought, where's this coming from? You know, I, and I was a little bit confused, but I know there was, the voice was speaking to me very clearly. In fact, it sounded like almost someone saying something to me. But I continued along. I, you know, I, I convinced myself that, you know, someone else would do it. Some, someone is being paid for it. And I continued shopping, but that voice would not let me continue. And eventually, I actually had to go back and take that packet of whatever it was and returned it to where I found it. And on the way home, I chuckled all the way because I could have just imagined getting all the way to the house with this voice telling me, go and put it back, and I'll have to drive all the way and do so. And I honestly believe it was a very simple thing, but yet it was a Holy Spirit telling me, it's a simple thing, but it's not right. You want me to change you? You want to be an excellent Christian? Then all these little things add up and, and matter. You know, you walk around in the stores and you see things falling in the ground and everybody just walk by. You know, but as Christians, we are mindful of the way we ought to behave. So the next time you go to the supermarket and you see some frozen chicken somewhere, you know, with the, with the cornflakes, you'll think Mary was here. But I promise you, ever since that experience, I have always been very careful when I go to the supermarket. And, it, you know, that's just one little experience. And I've had many, you know, during my, my time of washing up and cleaning the kitchen, the Lord speaks to me. And it just, it isn't just, you know, a comfort situation. Quite often, he's correcting me. He's teaching me. Another thing that the Holy Spirit does is he leads us, he guides us. The Holy Spirit tells us what we need to know. What we need to know. Holy Spirit, you know, we begin to know the unknowable. I remember as a child, you know, my dad was a minister, and on many occasions, there were problems at the church. And sometimes I wouldn't see my dad for days because he was locked in a room seeking the Holy Spirit. And I remember on one occasion, there was a bit of trouble at the church, and my dad was trying to find out what was going on. He spent three days praying, waiting on the Holy Spirit, waiting for an answer, because nobody he could get any answer. 
you know, from, from, from anyone around. And the Holy Spirit told my dad what was wrong. He told him who was causing the trouble, the names of the people, and what exactly was happening. I remember him turning up to service one morning, and everybody was so shocked. They wanted to know how he knew. The Holy Spirit told him. You know, the Holy Spirit is in the business of telling us the unknowable. The Holy Spirit is in the business of helping us to think the unthinkable. The Holy Spirit guides us, leads us, tells us things we don't want to know. You know, you want to know where your kids are sometimes, your, your, your grandkids. You, know, you, ne- you never know what they're out there doing. You want to know, ask the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will tell you, tell you things that you would never be able to know otherwise. If we read uh, Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the scripture tells us what the gifts are. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians what the gifts of the Holy Spirit are. And I know Simon did this some time ago, breaking down the gifts into categories. We have the gifts of wisdom, knowledge, and discernment coming under the category of thoughts. And that's one thing that we can have, wisdom, discernment, and knowledge. Other things are, uh, gifts are, you know, gift, the gift of faith, miracles, healing, the words of speaking in tongues, interpretation and prophecy. So much that we can learn, so much that we can know. You know, faith is not enough. We need the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And some people say, oh, well, what happened in in the upper room with the apostles or the disciples is never going to happen to us. I don't believe that. We, We can have that upper room experience. You know, but we have to ask for it. We have to have that desire to have the filling of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit dwells in us, yes, when we are believers, when we are baptized. Yes, the Holy Spirit dwells in us, but doesn't necessarily mean that we are filled with the Spirit. It's something we have to ask for. Jesus said to Peter, What you loose in heaven will be loose on earth. What you bind in heaven will be bound on earth. We have that promise through the Holy Spirit. But it's something that we have to do. It's a two-part arrangement. We have a part to play. And God has his part to play within the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit helps us to pray. How many of you have ever had a burden and you just don't know how to pray? Without the guidance of the Holy Spirit, you just, you kind of just pray a prayer, a penicillin prayer, so to speak, one that sort of covers everything just in case you miss something. 
So you pray a mega prayer, a prayer of, of a mega dose of penicillin and hope that everything is covered. The Holy Spirit can tell us what to pray for. Without the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life, you will find your prayer life very weak. So just a few things to think about what the Holy Spirit does in our lives. Indwelling, the filling, we're able to produce the fruit of the Spirit. And it's, it's you know, we, we can't just say, oh, well, I, I'm very good at joy, but I'm not so good at, at peace. I'm good at goodness, but I'm not so good at faithfulness. Because it's a fruit, one fruit in its entirety. You know, we have to be, all of them make up the fruit. We can't say, well, you know, I'm I'm blessed in this way. I'm gentle, but I have no self-control. We might as well not have any at all. It's a fruit. It's all in its entirety. It's not easy, but God isn't finished with us yet. We need the Holy Spirit in our lives. We need to ask him in every day. You know, I have a mug that my mom gave me some time ago. On it is written, Welcome Holy Spirit. And every time I have my cup of coffee in the morning, I rem- I'm reminded of that. I have to invite the Holy Spirit in. I have to ask him in. And the, I always remember my mom saying to me, the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He knocks and he waits. He doesn't push in. He doesn't force his way in. Not like the enemy. The enemy is there in our lives, whether we want it or not. But the Holy Spirit, we have to invite. We have to ask. You know, we can grieve the Holy Spirit and drive him away. But we have to ask him in every day. If we want to be changed, if we want to be more like Christ. There's so much that we can talk about the power and purpose of the Holy Spirit. And I've just touched on a few ideas that I've put together for tonight. But it, it, you know, if we can take those sheets of paper away and stick them up somewhere on the fridge or in the kitchen or somewhere and be reminded. You know, it's not something we work at. You don't have to say, oh, I have to work harder at being joyful. It's not something that we do. It's what the Spirit does in us. But the more time we spend with the Spirit, the more time we spend with God, the more we are going to be like him. These qualities will manifest themselves because of our relationship, because of the intimacy we have with God. We can't do it. I pray that God will bless you tonight and help you to just take one or two thoughts away uh, with you. We need, we're living in perilous times. Uh, you know, um, 
Heather's reminded us earlier, there's just so much on the news. So much is going on there. We live in such a needy world. But the Holy Spirit is there as a comforter, as a guide, and is all that we need on a daily basis. But we have to seek him. And we have to ask him. Ask him in.